Hello, everybody, and welcome to Running From Comfort. This is episode 15, The Wild World of Sales, featuring Carlos and Chad from Solaria. Now, Solaria is a sales company that specializes in solar installations, and it's kind of a funny story how I met these two guys. So a few episodes ago, you would have heard me ask my question at the Q&A to Gary Vaynerchuk, and literally, by the time I got back to my seat, I already had a DM from Carlos saying, hey, you have a podcast, I have a cool story, let's have a chat. So we got to chatting, and well, here we are. So look, I hope you guys enjoy today's show. So here's what I want you to try and take away from this. These two guys, they apply the 10x principle. So if you're familiar at all with Grant Cardone, he has a book called 10x. It's all about 10xing your goals. And these guys apply his principles to their sales business. And so far, they are doing great. I encourage you to check out their Instagram pages, Carlos Villa Mindset and at Chad Corp, because you get to see they put on their stories every single day, them going to work. They're showing them training their sales staff. They're showing them getting all pumped up and getting ready to, it's like as if they're going to battle. You know, and the world of sales, it really is wild, it really is crazy. And I know a lot of people maybe have their own opinions or perspectives as to what sales is. You know, a lot of people think it's a big sham, but I'll tell you what, the principles that these guys use in their daily business in order to get sales, you can use in your daily life in order to achieve your goals. So there is a lot to take away from this one. As the boys kept on saying, you know, they dropped wisdom nuggets. So (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy today's show. And if you do, do not forget to give this a rating and a review. Don't forget to follow my Instagram at running underscore from underscore comfort. And don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. All right, so everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Running From Comfort. I have here the boys behind Solaria. We've got Chad. we got Carlos. How are we doing today, boys? Matt, we're absolutely awesome. Um, I'm really thankful and grateful that you've come, you know, to listen to our story. Mm. Uh, we're really excited to be, you know, dropping some value bombs and, you know, learning from yourself as well. And hopefully we can give enough value to your, to your listeners. Yeah. And Chad, how are you today? Really good, man, and uh, excited because, I mean, um, you know, GC says uh, proximity is incredibly important, okay, and uh, we actually met at, you know, GC's event with uh, Gary V as well, and you had the opportunity to ask Gary V a question, which was awesome, mm. and uh, so, yeah, like, excited to actually be here on this podcast. Yeah, well, thank you very much. So, you guys will probably be able to explain what you do a bit better than what I can, but just for a little bit of context, so you guys... You guys are in the industry of sales, and more particularly, you're in the um, solar industry. And so what I think is going to be great about today's show is we're going to get to dive a little bit into the wild world of sales. There's some interesting things about the mindset that a successful salesperson has to do, which I'll be interested in learning from both of you guys, as well as a little bit about your backstories as well, because I really think everything that happens in your past essentially builds you up to who you are today so you know learning a bit about what made you to the men you are today so if you want to get started who wants to go first who wants to tell them a little bit about themselves and how they got into the sales industry i'll go first um so basically how i got into sales so i was running a um international student and uh, holiday maker tax return service from about 2000 and 2009 I did that for about two or three years, um, slugging away, you know, doing the whole hustle thing, trying to build a business, you know, from nothing. Um, the key ingredient that I, I was actually missing was sales, understanding how to, you know, take a product from um, idea, 
get it out into the market, monetize it as quick as possible, um, and then build a team and scale it um, you know, in the process. Um, because I was missing that key ingredient, the actual business wasn't doing too well. Um, it got to the point where the actual business started failing. Um, put my ego aside and I said, okay, maybe I'm not actually in the right vehicle. Um, really funny story, I was actually living with uh, one of my mates in an apartment down in South Bank and we were renting one of the other rooms out to a um, German backpacker. And he came home one day and he said, hey man, oh look, you know, I just went to this interview and they told me I could make six figures per month. I said, and he goes, oh look, it's a scam, man. It's a, it's a, it's a big scam. It's in Solar. I said, dude, give me the number. I'm going to call it. I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. I'll tell you if it's a scam or not. So I called the number. I said, hey, look, I know you guys are hiring. Um, whether or not you want to hire me, I'm going to be there tomorrow. All I need is the address and I'll be there at this time. Um, you know, I, I want to meet you guys. So I went there. Um, you know, two days later, I was on the road. My first day, I closed two deals. Um, you know, in that day, I think I made more than I made in the last you know, month of you know, just scraping by, trying to work all these odd jobs to you know, pay my rent and all that sort of stuff. So from that day on, I uh, didn't look back, man. I took the uh, solar industry by the, uh, you know, the cojones <laughs> and uh, I just went full force, man. That's awesome. That's yeah. wicked stuff there. Um, so just, just carrying on from that, uh, before that, we, did you do anything else? Like were you studying or... Yeah, man. I um, I actually tried the whole uni thing about three times. So, I mean, um, I come from a background where uh, my dad, you know, uh, graduated from accounting um, in Peru. So he he grew up in um, in a suburb inside Lima, which you know wasn't the the best suburb. It was actually you know all dirt roads. It was still dirt roads up until I went back in two thousand and nine. Um, so he graduated from accounting and he used uh, his university degree to actually come across to Australia as, you know, as a resident. Um, so he, you know, he went through that whole immigrant process of coming to Australia as a professional because of his English level. He couldn't actually, um, you know, get a job in accounting. Um, and, he, you know, obviously he wanted me to follow, you know, that traditional path of actually going to university getting a job, getting a secure, um, you know, job and, and progressing through my career. I tried it. I really, really tried it. I did it. I did it three times. I started TAFE, left. Started uni, left. Started uni again, left every single time. Um, what made you leave? Like, what? Oh, look, man, uh, I can always pinpoint it back down to, like, the information. I couldn't see, you know, the, the short-term benefit from it. Um, it was... It was too long for me to actually, um, you know, finish the degree and then go through the standard process of, you know, finding a job and, you know, building my way up through through a career. Mm. I tried it. I um I went to work at Telstra. I was there for about five years. I worked my way up. I got myself to a you know a great position, and I thought, you know, this this can't be it. So I left that, and that's when I got into entrepreneurship. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose that's like the sort of path a lot of people take. It's like a very guarded path. It's I suppose you'd almost call it like the I want to say it's a safe path in yeah. a sense. 
But, you know, it really is not for everyone. I think a lot of people get trapped in the mindset that, you know, this is the way I'll have to go. But, I mean, obviously, you know, someone like yourself, you know, you you know, you know, had your few attempts at university, you had your attempt at trying to do the corporate life, but you just eventually decided, no, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was always the guy at the back of the class in high school. Um, I was always talking too much, trying to, you know, extract information from people, or get, you know, told, hey, you know, settle down, man, like you've got too much energy. <laughs> I was always that kid in, um, uh, you know, uni or in, you know, in TAFE, even in the job at Telstra, I would always come up with all these, you know, crazy ideas of how I could get the team from, you know, A to B. And, you know, the managers would say, hey, Carlos, look, you can't really do this and that. You've got to stay within these limits. And I was like, ah, I can't, I can't, you know, stay within these limits. I need to, I need to create. I need to, you know, I need to be creative in, in you know, the way I do it. Mm-hmm. So that's what led me to actually move on. And I want to take it back just quickly. Did you make 100K in a month at that job? Uh, look, I didn't make 100K in my first month, but I did it in, uh, you know, within seven months at that particular job. That's pretty yeah. good. You've done, yeah, yeah. done pretty well. <laughs> so it was a scam then. You didn't make 100K. Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was a scam, yeah. <laughs> and what about yourself, Chad? Let's... Uh, well, I mean, like, you know, from the beginning, I grew up with uh, two working class parents, uh, but my grandmother was the one that was incredibly hungry about money, and she was married to a school principal. Uh, so my parents were incredibly academic and so you know they were really pushing me down that academic path as well mm-hmm. uh, but just like Carlos um, I was always bouncing off walls but you know still uh, doing relatively well in school but you know graduating from high school that basically gave me a lot more freedom to uh, explore outside of these limits that my parents had set so I studied painting as an elective whereas most other people chose law or economics in a commerce degree. And, uh, you know, basically by chance I, uh, you know, met somebody who introduced me to a stockbroker. Mm. And uh, that basically led to a conversation where I did internship, which led to, you know, me working as a stockbroker for the next six years after that. So, I mean, just like, you know, you've seen in Wolf of Wall Street, there's some really crazy and exciting shit that happens within that industry. <laughs> I'm incredibly grateful for it because it gave me that opportunity to see, you know, what people in senior positions were doing. And as a young guy, I basically just started implementing the same thing as well, building my own client base. And they said, you know, Chad, your goal should be make a million within three years, made it within four, you know, which Mm -hmm. was incredibly exciting. But, you know, being young, dumb, naive, I basically lost it all straight after the GFC. It was like, you know, seven figure collapse there. And so I thought, you know, um, being as bright as I was, if I'm going to make the money back, it's not going to be in a normal corporate job. I have to start my own business. You know, there's uh, multi-millionaires on Forbes and so forth. That's the path I've got to go down, you know? So anyways, basically did that. And uh, we started uh, Australia's first anti-energy drink. Calms you down rather than give you wings. What was the name of that? Esk. Like the escape key on the keyboard. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, basically started that. We changed the Australian laws to be able to sell this uh, product as a beverage uh, within Australia. And we were selling all along the east coast of Australia. So, I mean, uh, you know, the confidence that I had developed in stockbroking basically carried over through to the beverage industry as well. Not once did I actually think that uh, I was going up against Coca-Cola or, you know, going to be fighting for space in the fridge that's owned by Coca-Cola, Schweppes or Red Bull. Uh, And so that's basically what allowed me to actually, you know, uh, have the achievements that I did within the beverage industry, which was incredibly exciting. But 
we didn't get the resales that uh, were necessary for that company. I mean, for that uh, beverage product to actually continue. And I had so many different investors as well within the company. And I mean, they're great, incredibly successful in their own way, but the vision was getting pushed and pulled in many different directions. Mm. So eventually uh, that kind of, um, like that opportunity basically fell through. And so I got into the international education industry where we basically cross paths as well. You know, so it's recruitment for, uh, you know, Australian schools, uh, but not only Australia, we were, you know, enrolling students from Latin America in Canada, New Zealand, United States and so forth. Incredibly exciting, very rewarding because my parents are immigrants as well. So uh, I saw my family within some of the um, well, within the students that I was actually working with. So I love helping people. I love seeing their progress as well, which motivated me. Uh, but motivated me to a point where you know we basically kind of felt like okay, um, I'm hitting a ceiling within this uh, industry as well. And so uh, you know, I mean, like-minded people basically. You know, by chance, Carlos reached out. I was in Colombia at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, basically saw, you know, his Instagram stories, his conviction, his dedication. Mm. And so I thought, okay, I basically want to be around that, you know. So I uh, came down, uh, made the decision, you know, left behind, uh, you know, a girlfriend at the time. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, to take advantage of this opportunity here and uh, haven't looked back since. It's been incredibly exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, you know, a little bit about my past. Yeah, that's exciting yeah. stuff. And you touched on their um, confidence was like one of your most important traits. Would you say that's probably like one of the most important traits in terms of sales just in general, just confidence? Absolutely. I mean, confidence is key. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to be right. You just need to be confident in order for the people to follow you. I mean, if you look at some of the world leaders right now, um, Trump being one of them, not the brightest guy, okay, <laughs> talk shit. And, uh, but, you know, people still follow because he's speaking with so much confidence, conviction that people are like, oh, shit, he must be right. You know, like, yeah. So, um, and then there's, you know, other, other people as well, like, you know, uh, so many, uh, you know, business leaders, not, you know, not necessarily people that can actually replicate that success, maybe just the one time. Uh, but you've got people listening to them, you know, so I mean, they've got confidence. Yeah, I've, yeah. Always, I've always had this thing where it's like, you know, a dumb person can succeed as long as they got confidence. That's yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I think uh, confidence gives you that like ability to unlock things that you didn't think were possible mm. uh, it's the difference between asking the question you know asking for the sale and not asking for the sale you could have you know 100 presentations and not have the confidence to ask for the sale in any of them you'll mm. get zero sales if you've got the confidence to ask for the sale in every single one multiple times I mean you'll increase your chance of actually getting the sale as well yeah and i I just want to add to that so if you want to think about this in a way outside of sales you know maybe not in the sales industry if you want to think about this in a different way yeah how how about you think about this right you could talk to a thousand girls right but if never ask for the number you'll never go on a date that's right man (laughs) that's it that's a great analogy you know it's a law of numbers you know so like i mean basically you just got to get out there and start speaking to as many girls as possible and that's uh, all my listeners that's what you have to do from now on Yeah. Uh, so then, so Solaria, um, so Solaria company you've got here. So talk a little bit about this. What what do you guys exactly do here, and what sort of is your vision with this company itself? Yeah. Uh, so basically, we've identified an industry um, that requires massive push to be able to bring, um, you know, to make a global impact. 
there's a big um, you know shift in um, th- there's a big shift happening at the moment in control. Um, that shift is right now you know we're generating all of our electricity through a very very traditional way, which is you know the the power companies, um, you know the the coal power, power plants, plants, coal power plants. It's how it's always been done, right? And there's this big revolution happening at the moment where you know you're your homeowner, um, you know, your taxpayer can literally invest in something that's going to uh, generate electricity for them for the next 25 years. Um, a massive shift in wealth, yeah. you know, from basically power companies to families. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, our mission as a company is by 2023, we want to help 50,000 Aussie families save $10 billion in their power bills. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a big so, goal. I mean, it's a big mission. And, like, you know, our vision is basically to be the catalyst as well you know, in generating that shift in wealth, you know, from basically power companies, which are outdated mm. and obviously causing a lot of shit in the, you know, like in the in environment mm. to basically, you know, empowering families, you know, like to start saving. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And doing great for the environment as well in the, in the meantime. Yeah. That's awesome stuff. So you, you got not just sort of the business goal, but also, you know, you're adding value back to the world just in the work that you're doing, which is... Absolutely, man. It's a great job there, guys. I mean, it gives that extra oomph in what you do, you know. Like, I mean, we've basically got a saying in, you know, our sales training as well, uh, the final 20%, you know. So basically, I mean, that final 20% is where you basically got to look real deep within and ask yourself why I'm doing what I'm actually doing to continue pushing forward. And, you know, that additional good that we're doing for the environment is basically one factor in there as well. Mm. Yeah. It's powerful. You got anything you want to add on to this? Or? Uh, yeah, man. I was going to say, um, you know, Bill Gates said if he was going to start from zero, uh, he would get into renewable energy. And uh, Warren Buffett, you know, he says the biggest transfer of wealth um, is the deregulation of energy as well. So, I mean, if these two massive power players are, um, you know, saying this, then 100% we know we're in the right vehicle at the moment. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, that's good. That's powerful stuff. So... I suppose what I want to sort of get into next here as well is so a lot of what you do do here as well is you do a lot of sales training because, you know, yep. you're building the company, you're building a sales team and you're training these people yourself. And I think um, I don't, if you want to talk about it, you said you got um, a new young guy in that you've trained up and he's already doing quite well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that maybe? Yeah. I've got many young guns now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you go, man. Myself included. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm 36. I'm actually the old one in the company. Probably the oldest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah, man. You, are, you know, man. like, yeah, not good. I'm the but, youngest. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of uh, the young guns, um, I mean, basically, you know, th- this is what we love about them. You know, they're coming in with the mindset of, I'm open. Mm. I want to be a sponge. I want to learn anything and everything and do whatever it takes to achieve a serious outcome, you know, that's going to create some serious awe within the environment, the social circles that they're in. Mm. There you go. And I mean, they're backing that up with, uh, you know, follow through. I mean, they're coming in here listening and implementing almost immediately. I mean, like, you know, they're, they're erasing that time between listening and implementing. Okay. So, uh, you know, with the young gun that you're actually referring to, T, uh, you shout know, out to T-Man. Shout out to T, absolute <laughs> solid sales, sales gun. Okay, but yeah, basically, I mean, tw- 26k a month for himself. Mm. You so know? still what? How old is he? 19. 19. 19. Yeah. And I mean, we've got some other young guns as well doing like, you know, 
just as incredible shit as well. Like, you know, so basically, uh, Hope came in the other day, okay? But, you know, we interviewed her. An hour later, she was in the office. Uh, probably about two hours later. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's she was talking actually about on her very first phone call. Booked the appointment. Um, and booked the appointment. And now she's talking about, you know, I don't actually see university as the path for me to actually get to where I, where I, where I need to be or where I want to be. Mm. Um, you know, I want to immerse myself in an environment, you know, of what's being provided here and just go, you know, all in. Yeah. So it's having that clarity to be able to make that decision, yeah. though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what you guys are doing here is it's not just about the sales. It's not just about the solar energy itself it's also about we're bringing people in we're training them we're giving them a new skill and i suppose you'd probably you'd probably say sales would be one of the most valuable skills somebody could learn in the world would you absolutely i mean everything is sales so when you're going in for a job interview as well i mean you're basically selling yourself right Mm. uh i mean if you're you know putting your cv in again like you know the opening sentence in your cv is sales as well because you know basically it's got to sell that person who's reading the first sentence to reading the rest of that statement Mm. you know everything is sales Mm. and once you actually get your head around that you know because most people's perception of sales is oh i'm in used car salesman it's not you know i don't want to be pushy or anything you know be pushy Mm. because if you're the right person for the job you know you want to push as much as possible you know, to get that job. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people, they, they can be scared to be persistent and even just outside of the sales context, although you might still say it's within the sales context, it just depends how you're framing it. But let's say you're not selling a product, but you know, you're going, you're wanting to go after an opportunity. A lot of people are, uh, at times might be afraid to be persistent. You know, they're like, I don't want to be, you know, uh, annoy that person constantly or all yeah, that. But 100% man. But I suppose in that sense, you'd be missing out on the opportunity because you never know when that that extra email, that extra follow-up, whatever it is, that'll be the one that'll secure that opportunity for you. Definitely. I mean, uh, one of the stories that I can say is, this is a shout-out to my little sister, Jess, if you're watching as well. Um, I was at dinner uh, last Saturday and she said, hey, you know, I went to this interview and I felt like the guy uh, shut me down. I said, oh, cool. Um, you know, how many more interviews have you got? That was my only one. I said, okay, um, how are you actually looking for a job? I've just sent my resumes through SIG. I said, how else? That's all. Okay. What you can do is let's make a list of 10 different ways you can actually, you know, hit the same job um, and achieve the outcome because at the end of the day, you want to achieve the outcome. Mm. Uh, you know, I said, jump on Facebook, add in all the groups of, you know, designers in Melbourne, um, look for people looking for, you know, looking for uh, to hire people inside design. Um, add them on Facebook, hit them up through Messenger, send them some videos, um, find out where you know the address is, send some letters, you know, hit them from all angles. Because um, sales doesn't necessarily have to be you know just a phone call and making a you know following a script. Mm. It's basically getting your message. It's, you know, like GC says, sell or be sold. It's either you sell your idea to someone else or that person sells their idea to you. Yeah, you know I mean? and everything you just described there, generating leads essentially. Yeah. And, no, and once again, you're talking about just for finding a job. I think a lot of people neglect a lot of these different things you can do to try and put yourself in front of the people that you want to be put in front of. Oh, man, 100%. Oh, completely neglected. I mean, they spend five years studying a university degree and spending thousands and thousands of dollars. And like, you know, they won't even, even see that as a selling point. It's just like a couple of lines in, um, you know, their CV. It's like, hey, look. I studied it. Is you didn't sell it, you know? Watch the infomercial and sell it like that in front of the in, you know interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I do want to ask this question. This one, um, and sorry if this one's just a little bit out there, but I'm just curious. Is there a line when you're doing your sales stuff yourself where, like, do you ever catch yourself out maybe being corny? You think, was that too much or anything along those lines? No? No. No. Confidence. Just 100% confidence. Yeah, I mean, at no point are we thinking, oh, I mean, okay, because basically that comes down to being a burden, right? Yeah. It's only corny if I'm being a burden on others, you know? Yeah. Nah, I mean, like, no, I don't worry about it at all. At the end of the day, I mean, um, and I heard this example, I don't remember who I heard this example from, but if you had the magic pill and, you, you know, you had this, you know, sickness and you didn't know that this magic pill actually was going to cure your sickness and my job was to get you to take the pill without telling you it's going to cure your sickness, what would I actually do to help you take that pill to save your life? Mm. Would it be corny, me, you know, rocking up with no clothes on saying, please take this pill? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the outcome is to get you to take the pill to save your life. It's not corny, man, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, purpose-driven. So it's important to sort of believe in what you're selling as well. Absolutely. That's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the outcome in our mind is like, you know, I mean, this person's reached out. We need to help them and we need to do whatever it takes. Which is actually one of our values here as well, you know. So, I mean, this is basically the values that we live by, you know, like basically the behaviors that govern, dictate our behavior, you know, for basically hiring, selling, everything that we do within the company as well. Yeah, and I might take a moment. I'll just read these out quickly just in case you can't see it. So, I know no limits. I don't lower targets. I am committed. I'm in constant pursuit of 10xing my ways. Little Grant Cardone reference right there. I never let myself down. I impress myself. I like this one. I'm solutions orientated and target focused. My ability to solve problems is my competitive advantage. I'm not controlled by my ego. I control my ego. I really like that one. I'm unreasonable as fuck in my approach. Yes. (laughs) I know if I'm not growing, I'm shrinking. Very true. And once again, that last one, I do whatever it takes. If you had to pick one... We we missed one, actually. I know when I max out, I'm only at 40%. You know, Goggins. Yeah, 40% rule, yes. And like, you know, honestly, I mean, most people are like, oh, I'm ready to tap out. You know, like, you're at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. What... So, do any of you guys have a good way to explain the 40% rule while we're here? I am familiar with it myself, but... Okay, so basically, you know, we were chatting a little bit about failures beforehand. Mm. You know, most people actually, uh, you know, really focus on their failure. I mean, in Jess's case, it was like, I got knocked back one time, and that was truly very upsetting for me. And that applies to probably about 99% of the people on this planet, Mm. you know? Uh, Whereas for us and anyone else in our team, uh, they're basically at 40%, you know, and they've got to push that extra, like, you know, push that little bit extra. Yeah. Continue going. And I think that that came from uh, David Goggins in his book, uh, Can't Hurt Me. Great book. Yeah. Recommend it to anybody listening out there. Um, essentially, what he says is most people quit at that 40% level. And mm. when you're at that point of quitting, you're only 40% of the way there. Yeah. And I think he... I can't remember exactly how to devise it, but I believe it was he was 40 miles into a 100-mile run. 160 miles or something run, yeah. yeah. And he was four, bu- busted his knee or something. Yeah, yeah, and then he just kept going. He just kept going. So, I mean, yeah. that's and that's sort of like the mindset you really do have to have in life. You always have to keep going. Like, regardless what it is, you're always going to get knocked back. You're always yeah. going to get stepped on, shat on, whatever. Like, shit's just going to come hit the fan. And life is really just one big game of what's your perspective on that and how are you going to respond. 
100%. I, absolutely. I mean, yeah. No, no, I was going to say, like, I mean, the difference in mindset and applying that principle really, really well, I mean, cementing that in your mind basically means that, you know, when you're doing your push-ups, sit-ups, and then it starts to hurt, that's when you, things start to get exciting mm, yeah. for people who truly, you know, uh, impregnate that value in their mind, okay? Because they're like, okay, now, now it's time. Mm. You know, this is when it starts counting. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard someone say that before. I've heard someone yeah, it was at the Muhammad gym. Ali. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This one was just at the gym. I think this guy, he was training with his girlfriend and and he was and she's just doing like reps and, and she's like counting. He goes, don't count until it hurts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's when it truly counts, man. Um, and it's about finding creative ways to keep pushing as well because you don't want to keep pushing and, and not actually like it. Like, I mean, one of the ways I've found that I can continue pushing past, you know, boundaries that, um, you know, some people can't or, you know, I myself couldn't in the past as well is finding a creative way to continue forward, maybe making it a game, um, you know, getting someone else involved, doing it, you know, with someone else. Um, that way I'm enjoying the process as well. Mm. And the things yeah. that Carlos mentioned, they're incredibly important, okay, because, I mean, if you're ready to tap out and it's incredibly boring, that motivation to continue is going to wane and eventually you'll stop, yeah. you know? So it's, you know, being creative, but ultimately it's really working on your work. You know, mm. it's identifying, okay, look, this particular angle is boring. This particular angle is boring, okay? But for example, in you know, when you're training with a partner, oh, shit, okay, that's actually exciting, mm. you know? Wow. Like, that's actually allowing me to go that little bit further. And then what else? You know, so you're constantly working on your work to eventually find that way to basically, you know, push on much harder than you ever thought was going to be possible. So a couple of things you um, touched on there. So when you, so what you were just saying before, like, you know, finding the way that you enjoy it, like I'm training the part now, this is interesting. Something that comes to my mind is how important is it the people you surround yourself with? I mean, it's incredibly important. Okay, because I mean, you're a product of the environment that you're in, you know, so if everybody around you makes it normal to be, you know, to think like you're a burden on others, then you're going to think, oh, shit, maybe I'm, you know, like walking on eggshells here because it's going to, you know, like disrupt others. But if you've got guys like this guy, you know, it's like, fuck it. Who cares? You know, I mean, and we had just a... like you develop that <laughs> attitude as well. You're like, oh, we had a competition in the office the other day. Who's the biggest freak? You know, lunatics, like, yeah, who, like, yeah. I'm like, Chad, you're a lunatic. No, nah, man, I'm a lunatic. No, nah, I'm more of a lunatic. Man, who can scream louder? You know, <laughs> that's the type of environment that we want to create where people can, you know, completely let loose creatively and create that safe space where, man, if you want to be a lunatic, be a lunatic. Mm. You know, and does that make work? And, a bit and, more fun? Actually, most people feel like, you know, I mean, they when we're interviewing people or something, you know, or, you know, we're meeting people for the very first time, our intention is to actually just break that whole facade shatter it how do you do you know, that? like i mean create that safe space where they can actually feel comfortable enough to talk about shit you yeah. Know? So, yeah so i've just walked into interview with you guys all right you know i'm a little bit nervous you know yeah. i'm thinking shit am i going to get this job and i sit down how do you break the ice with like you know if you were to apply for a job here yeah okay i mean like i'll give the example of hope okay mm -hmm. so basically i mean i was actually hard on in the beginning just like you know firing away question after question okay so what's the outcome what are you actually looking for why do you want to quit university and I was basically seeing exactly how she would respond I then asked her how do you actually feel about this conversation you know and she said oh, a little anxious 
I said, thank you so much for being honest with me. Okay. And, mm. but at that moment I actually knew, okay, that like, uh, she was, you know, basically on her path to being the right person. Mm. Okay. Because number one, I mean, she was actually honest, but number two, I mean, she was also, uh, responding incredibly well. Cause I thought, okay, if she's responding like this under pressure, she's going to do incredibly well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then basically telling her that. And then, you know, by telling her that and then she felt it and then start, uh, you know, speaking to her, like, you know, tell me a little bit about your story. Okay. Mm. And uh, I mean, all of that actually happened, you know, in, in like, sorry, some of it happened over the phone. Okay. But I was still tough on the phone. But then I sent, you know, like a, a, a gif of uh, Braveheart. And I said, make sure you're wearing, you know, your game face when you get here. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, just creating that, you know, intimidating atmosphere. But then once she was actually in front of us, basically smiling, telling, like, you know, making her feel like, okay, this is the safe space. Feel free to open up. And then yeah. she did, you know. And uh, it's listing. I mean, some other things as well. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, how would you relate it? Like, you know, like, because we start- we've had some other team members open up as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, in first chats. Yeah, like one of the things that we try to do from the very, very first moment that, you know, we meet someone new is we start, um, you know, showing them our company values. So, for example, one of the things that we believe in here at Solera is collapsing time from the moment that, you know, you have an idea to the moment you take action to the moment that you monetize. Throughout the conversation that Chad just said, um, we're able to identify, okay, either this person's the right person or they're not the right person. At the end of the day, it's, it's still a big guess at the very beginning, so we hire fast. Mm. If we like the person, man, we hire them right there on the spot. We get them starting you know, within five minutes. We literally collapse time, mm. right? So then that person is like, oh, okay, well, this is how they roll. It must be normal. So if we, if we elevate, you know, um, if we're able to show our values and completely elevate, you know, the tone at which we're able to show it, then it, it creates that normality from from you know the very from the, from the get go, right? That way, when they're in there inside the environment, um, even if they're at you know fifty percent of what we're at, it's still 50, you know hundred percent more than what they would be you know in a standard environment. Mm, mm, yeah, I guess it's like you know being true to our values yeah. and you know having that, uh, you know conversation okay or entering that conversation that the person is having in their heart and mind okay where they basically feel that and then boom they start to open up Mm. yeah yeah no and then really like so what you're saying there so within five minutes of the interview yeah you got people out on the floor yeah, man. And then yeah. you're saying that's kind of, you're getting them ready for that mindset into where you're trying to go from presenting the information to the close or trying to get the, I'm trying to think of the term you use. You're trying to monetize it as quickly as possible. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Stra- so very early on, you're really trying to shape that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. For, for example. Oh, it's putting it on steroids. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, for example, let's say we were in an interview yeah. and I said, hey, look, you know, I like you, but I need to have a think about, you know, whether or not I want to hire you. A day goes past, you don't hear from me. Two days goes past, you don't hear from me. Three days goes past, you don't hear from me. And then I give you a call and say, hey, look, you know, I've had a bit of a thing. I've got some more questions, blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's the way that I, you know, buy, like as in me, is that, if that's the way that I'm, you know, beginning that relationship, then you uh, as a person, you know, jumping on the phones and uh, going through a process, if I then say, hey, look, you have to close customers on the spot, I don't actually really believe that you should close someone on the spot if you don't, you know, truly believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we show it from the very first 
uh, process that you know um, you're experiencing with us? The words are actually aligned, you know, with the actions yeah. that we're mm. taking. Yeah. yeah. So you're walking the walk as you talk the talk. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I realized I should have said talk the talk and walk the walk. But then I was like, <laughs> I would no. we agreed anyway. You know, you just got to be agreeable in That's sales, it. you know? Yeah. yeah. So what I, what I probably want to ask about you next is, so did you both attend that Grant Cardone boot camp? Yeah, absolutely, man. You're very yeah, big on there. the 10X, um, about yeah, all the 10X really values. Yeah. Pushing, uh, hustle muscle, and 10X, what else uh, have we got? I forgot what these are called. The, yeah, cuffs, yeah. man, they're my... Cuffs, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> success, success is my duty. Yeah, I've got a tattoo as well. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my, so my confession here is I actually have not um, gone into the 10X book yet. It is on, it is on my reading list. I'm very slow when it comes to reading books but yeah. I've got two, you two guys here that are obsessed with this 10x mindset I think I can kind of get the gist of that from you've just been to Grant's, Grant Cardone's boot camps what's some of the more important um, values you've pulled out from you know learning from Grant Cardone look mine personally is do whatever it takes to make it happen right I mean if you embody that value do whatever it takes you'll literally do whatever it takes so whether it's looking for a job whether it's you know 10xing your business um it could mean staying back till 12 a.m and doing work or it could mean okay uh who do i now need to talk to that i would otherwise be intimidated to talk to to either raise money or you know ask for resources and ask for help if i didn't have that whatever it takes mindset i would be thinking about okay how am i going to do it and be planning it out before i actually you know you know adding time to actually making it happen Whereas from the moment that um, I think what the whatever it takes message was the first message I got from Grant, um, and when I started applying it, man, I started seeing things happen really fast, mm. and I started getting you know a lot more into his, his content as well. Yeah, and we just sort of in the process then of when you think about that, just taking more action. Is that basically? Yeah, massive action, man, to the point where, and I, I think I may have told you on the phone when I first got that sales job in Solar. Um, Man, I had no money, bro. Like, literally, I was, like, down to the last dollar. I needed a car um, to go out to the appointments. So what I did was, you know, with the whatever-it-takes mindset, I made a, a proposal. You know, I went up to my parents and I said, hey, guys, look, I need 2000 um, bucks. I'm going to use that $2,000 to rent a car and I'm going to pay it back to you with interest over this amount of time. I could have clouded my... Um, I could have not done that because of my ego and said, look, you know, I'm not going to ask my parents for help. Mm. Um, chucked my ego away and I said, look, I need to do whatever it takes to actually get the car so I can get to the appointments, so I can close the deal, so I can help a family, so I can get paid. Did you make the sale? I make, man, yeah. I made two sales on the first day, dude. Like, no, but he sold his parents as well. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Three sales. Well, yeah, closed. that's three sales. Yeah. Closed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to my parents, man. You guys are, you guys are 10X. awesome. 10X. 10X. <laughs> and then what about, what about you, Chad? Uh, look, my biggest takeaway was massive action. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, I mean, more broadly, uh, basically 10Xing because, uh, you know, I basically went through a bit of a lull, okay, like, you know, with, you know, the business that I was actually in, the vehicle that I was in. And so I thought, oh, man, what do I actually need in my life, okay, that, you know, gives me that excitement that I actually need, you know, to keep the blood flowing at, like, you know, um, a record pace. Mm. And um, it was basically 10x. So, I mean, you know, with the right partner and the right vehicle, I mean, this basically gave me that opportunity. It was massive action, yeah. Mm. 
In fact, I mean, I went to the the massive. Tell me about the massive action you did coming from uh, Colombia to Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that decision was basically made within an incredibly short period of time, as I mentioned a little earlier. Like, you know, left a girlfriend behind as well. Okay, but uh, it was Was that the right choice. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I would say yes, it is. You know, so. Maybe she's watching as well. <laughs> sorry, sorry I'm, I'm not here to offend you. <laughs> no, it was actually the right decision. If you're watching, hey, how you doing? Um, hope you're doing well. Yeah, hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, so basically, I mean, it was, it was making that decision within a short period of time. Mm. You know, so like from the moment the idea was actually presented to me to making that decision to get on a plane and get started uh, was like within the space of a week. You know, so, I mean, it was actually a day after I landed or so uh, that I basically got on the road and started, you know, selling. Mm. Okay, so, um, I mean, yeah, that, that was that in itself was actually a big decision. You know, I had my, uh, like, I was focused. Yeah. And it was this year that I thought, okay, well, what's actually missing? Because, you know, the sales with the dedication actually came in, you know. And, um, but the one ingredient that was actually missing uh, was you know 10x and so I decided you know just book my ticket and go to 10x growth con 3 with yeah, Carlos yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it I booked a it solid within a decision. week yeah. and I said Chad hey man I'm going to the 10x uh, uh, growth con he's like I'm coming too man I'm like shit let's go <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then I see I'm going to fix up the uh, phone oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and then I see you guys had um, you guys had dinner with Grant as well didn't you um I mean ba- look basically we went for dinner with mates and uh, at you know the Crown Casino at um, at Nobu, mm. and uh, lo and behold, I mean because he's in town, boom, he was right there. You know, so just went over to GC and said, "Good day." I wanted to know, like, what? Just, the only reason I asked is I just wanted to know a little bit. Um, what what's he like when he's not sort of on stage or behind his Instagram? Is he very much the same? The same. I'd man. say the same. Yeah, yeah the same, same. Just always yeah. on. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's I mean, he's not ready, putting man. it on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like, you know, I mean, it was, you know, a small group of us. Mm-hmm. And when he knew he was getting up and, you know, we were taking a photo, he, you know, uh, told Elena, you know, pass me the hat. And she already knew it, actually. He didn't even have to ask. You know, it was like, got the hat. It was Cardone Capital, you know? Like, uh, promotion, yeah. you know? Gotta, gotta get the promote, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, promote, promote, promote. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> gotta always have it there. Yeah, no, that's smart thinking. That's good thinking. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. no promotion is too small for him, you know, like, yeah, which right. is incredible. Mm. I mean, you know, guy who's achieved so much, it was insane. Like, in that, again, you know, like, being in the right environment, surrounding yourself with the right people, just seeing that makes you realize, okay, that gives me permission, no matter how small, to actually just promote it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. I mean, mm. he's not passing up on any opportunity there no. at all. Something as simple as just the hat, you know. Mm. You know, a lot of people might think they're too good to maybe waste the 10 seconds, put that hat on, but who knows? Yeah. That could be your next lead. Mm. Yeah, exactly, man. All right. So I want to get back as well to what you were saying about action because I actually think action is a very important ingredient. So my little confession is, I mean, you know, I to a degree, I'm a bit unorganized, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm not always doing the best that I feel I could be. But I really feel like the only thing that ever gets me forward is that I'm not afraid to take up an opportunity and just do something. Might I suck at marketing, you know, myself or, for example, this podcast? A little bit to a degree i'll get better i'll learn over time but it's taking the action and actually doing things it's actually getting me places moving me forward eventually getting me more listeners and i feel like in life 
you, I don't know if you always be able to get by just by taking action, but I feel like you can really learn a lot that you need to learn just from doing that. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, you were a little self-deprecating there, okay? But like, I mean, just to, you know, let everyone know, I mean, you were basically in an audience speaking to Gary V, asking a question and asking him to be part podcast. of this podcast, you know? Which, um, Which yeah, is huge. How time, many other people have done that? A year's time, he will be yeah. on. I, yeah. I guarantee this, look, I got his word. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I guess with what you were saying, like, you know, take action, um... And potentially, you know, like being hard on yourself is that the, the key to actually continuing to actually push forward. Because mm. you're like, I have always got more, you know. Well, you're at 40%. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah and like, the, and the, I suppose the point I was saying was, I wasn't trying to self-deprecate, but I think mm. I was just trying to be real in the sense that it's like, you know, I do know that I probably tap out at 40% fairly often, but in, I'm sort of content with that. Um, mm. In terms of my own mindset... While I, I mean, if you're content with it, that's where you're going to stay, yeah, bro. You know? Yeah, not, not content to a degree, but like I suppose, how do I say it? Like, I'm happy with myself. And as long as I'm happy with myself and then I know that I'm going somewhere, then oh, that's, with the that's, actions. Eno- that's enough for me. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I tried for a little bit to try and turn myself into like this super productive person. And I made, you know, leaps in terms of how, how I was and how much stuff I was getting done. But I very quickly was like, Okay, maybe this is too much. Let's scale it back just a little bit. Let me let me find. And I'm still in the mix of finding the balance. I'm still learning. And I suppose I only sort of highlight that to say to people out there, like you can go out there, you can be a high achiever, but I suppose not everybody needs to put that pressure on themselves either. You can learn to sort of be happy, but I suppose don't don't find yourself. If I was just, just to draw this back a bit, don't find yourself in a point where you're in a rut. When you're in a rut, that's a bad place to be. I yeah. think you always need to be growing <coughs> somewhere, yeah. some aspect of life. I think, don't um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Sorry, no, no, yeah. you, you go. Um, uh, I think you're like, um, in, I mean, in my case, and you know, what we, you know, try to tell, you know, everyone in the company is have your outcome clear. Because mm. once your outcome is clear, then, you know, the entire path becomes a lot more clearer as well. If, if your outcome of what you want to achieve isn't clear, then, you know, you're going to be going, you know, wide with what you're trying to achieve and you, you're going to feel like you're not actually moving forward with mm. anything, you know? I think well, you're going to feel like you're shrinking. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, finding yourself in a rut, I mean, if you're pursuing a business, it's for 99.999% of the people out there, you know, being in a rut is like natural progression. Yeah. You know? Um, but, for example, what Carlos was saying earlier, like, you know, the outcome, okay, having that clear outcome in mind, Okay, basically, you know, puts you in a different mindset, mm. you know, because you're asking yourself, okay, I'm in this rut, okay, and one of the values, if I'm not growing, I'm shrinking, okay, but like, uh, with the outcome in mind, it's like, okay, what, what's this position that I'm in, in life right now teaching me? Mm. Because there's clearly something that I don't know that has actually led me to this point. Yeah. You know? Which is what I, yeah. I try to do. I always try and learn from every situation. Mm. So just to kind of summarize what I was saying before, I always do do something to make tomorrow a better day. I always in some way do something to make sure that I'm growing. I suppose what I was saying was I found myself at a point where I was trying to do too much and I was pulling myself in too many different directions, which yeah, is yeah. what... Yeah. And like that's where you sort of elaborate there. You have your clear outcome and then you'll know exactly where you're going. So now I have a clearer outcome 
I'm not in the biggest rush in the world, but I'll always be doing something to get there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. man. And once you have that clear outcome, man, then you're doing literally whatever it takes to actually get there. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose as well, it's all about building building momentum too. So I suppose I imagine there might come a point where I might build more momentum, and then I'll probably be like, right, boom, let's go gun it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that you're doing a podcast, and I don't know what, like, in what percentage it is, but like, I mean, how many people are out there doing podcasts right now? Who knows? But you're here doing it right now. You know what I mean? Mm. Where, and it's like, it's 8 p.m. right now in Australia. Most people, it's okay, whatever they're doing, but, you know, we're here, we're, you know, trying to push the message forward. Yeah. You know? And something I think that was important that we touched on a bit earlier when I come back to was, so, you know, I talked a little, about, a little bit about being in a rut. And I think this is something everybody's going to go through. I think it's inevitable that you're going to hit a rut at some point. You're going to hit a wall. Life's it's a beautiful position. Yeah, because you can learn a lot about yourself. But what I think a lot of people struggle with is actually getting out of the rut. So you told a little story before. I wonder if you could tell it again. And you um, you were elaborating about how you were in a slump. And I suppose that is a little bit similar to being in a rut. Now, to me, a rut's probably more like, you know, being depressed. But when you're in a slump with the sales, I suppose that is analogous to that point in life. So could you touch on that just a little bit? Absolutely, man. So um, so I entered the, um, the sales arena in solar. Um, I was quite successful within my first three to four weeks. I was making quite a number of sales. Um, I think I actually topped the charts um, together with another guy. We were both top two. Um, and then, I mean, in, in the context of sales, when you start becoming really good, it's really easy to say, hey, it's not actually the process. It's me. Mm. I'm the best sales guy. Whatever I'm doing is, you know, whatever I'm doing is, you know, getting sales. The moment you do that and you, f- you forget about the sales process, usually what tends to happen, um, you know, inside that journey is you start slumping. The moment you start slumping, um, I mean, in my case, I mean, I got pretty depressed. I'm like, shit, mm. what's, what's going on? My ego started taking over and saying, oh, well, you know, it's, it's you, um, something that you're not doing. Um, so one of my superpowers that I believe I have is putting my emotions aside and looking at things like really objectively. Okay, mm. you're in a rut. Um, you're not getting sales. What are you doing right now? What can you do differently to try and achieve you know, you know, the outcome that you actually want to achieve? Mm. Um, you know, some of the things that I did was uh, I paid $4,000. Um, so I jumped on Google and I typed in solar sales training. Couldn't find anything. So I, um, I went... I paid 4,000 bucks to a sales trainer. I didn't really know about Grant Cardone at that time. Um, paid 4,000 bucks, got trained up, helped me a little bit. Um, you know, I started surrounding myself with other people, you know, within the sales arena as well, talking to people, asking questions, and then all of a sudden um, focusing back on the process and taking myself out of the rut. So it's basically like looking at it for objectively mm. um, and then being creative on, you know, what else can you do to, you know, to push forward as yeah. well. Yeah. And then that, you know, the quote, I think it's like the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, you took yourself out, of, you move yourself from the situation, analyze what's actually going on and say, right, what do I need to change? And that's, I think... Some people, they'll get stuck in a rut for so long because they won't go through that sort of analysis process. Yeah, it's true. Do you have anything to add to this? or? Uh, look, I mean, uh, what Carlos said was spot on. It's something that you know I experienced along with, I guess, many, many others as well. But it's being able to you know, reflect uh, on the situation that you're actually in objectively. You know, and ask yourself, like, 
what the hell led me to this point? What do I need to do to get out of it? You know, I mean, what information uh, am I missing? Yeah, no. what information am I missing? So, uh, I mean, reflecting on that moment has, you know, led Carlos to many more sales since. Mm. You know, yeah. And I suppose, all right, I reckon we, we should probably wrap this up soon. So, I want to ask both of you this question. Um, I don't know who wants to go first. Do you have a favorite failure that shaped who you are now? Yeah. Dropping over a meal, you know, uh, <laughs> after the GFC. Uh, as painful as it was because I went from being a high-flying stockbroker to uh, picking up glasses in a nightclub. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, you know, it was just like a, a, a big shock to the system. Yeah. Um, I'd say that that was my favorite failure. You know, because, uh, you know, one minute you're incredibly cocky, you know, you think that you've got, you know, the Midas touch, okay? Mm. Um, and then the next, uh, like, you know, you're basically put in a position where you're like, mm, shit, I've, I've got to, like, leave, you know? I've got to, like, you know, basically, uh, you know, just remove myself from all distractions, find out who I truly am. What do I actually really, really want for myself? What are the things that I actually really enjoy? What's most important? You know, so you basically, I went, I went through this journey, okay, and uh, I'm incredibly happy with, uh, you know, where I am and who I am right now. As a result, mm. I mean, I think like you know, like I mean, maybe I could have been like you know just as happy now, like you know, had the GFC not actually happened. I got no idea, but I'm just like you know. Uh, I'm at peace with it. I'm I'm cool and I'm incredibly happy. So that, that would be my favorite failure. But when that first happened, like how how did that hit you? Like, oh man, like a ton of bricks. Okay, <laughs> like a ton of bricks. I mean, you know, you get like you know this sinking feeling in your stomach, which is hard to describe unless you've obviously experienced like you know like losing a, a whole bunch of money. Okay. Um. See, I think just does, lost a couple yeah. hundred bucks. So yeah, I, and I it just does like, not feel real. Mm. It does not feel real. So you, like, I mean, I remember at the time I was staring at this screen, okay, and uh, it was just, you know, a bunch of characters that I was actually looking at. And uh, very, very slowly in my mind, I was actually going through this calculation of like, okay, 100, 200, 400, 700, 800, fuck, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was sort of your mindset as part of the comeback like on your way back up? What 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 really drove you, would you say? To uh being able to take action immediately after that? Yeah. I mean, I uh, I guess like initially it was confidence because I still carried that mindset of I know it. Mm. And, and did you lose a lot of confidence when the crash happened as well, or not immediately afterwards? No. no. Um, I mean, okay, so slightly until an opportunity presented itself. But like in my mind, you know, it's like, okay, well, I mean, I know that an opportunity is going to present itself, and I'm going to get out of this very soon. And then it was after that that, like, you know, basically I sank to, you know, new lows, and then new lows again after that, you know, because the the beverage business basically collapsed. Mm. You know, so then, uh, you know, sunk to newer lows after that. Yeah. They just kept the confidence and then you slowly crawl your way back up. Yeah. I mean, one thing that, I mean, this was all part of self-discovery, which was, you know, uh, like I thought, okay, maybe I'm actually not cut out for like, you know, the uh, entrepreneurial life. 
And uh, so then I worked a normal job and uh, Jesus, that was so bad. That was actually torture. That was worse than losing a million bucks. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, I was in there and um, thank God I despised it. Okay. Because I mean, Fridays was exciting, but depressing because I only, I knew the weekends were only two, two days. days. Shout out yeah. to everybody working normal jobs out there. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind working seven days, but it was just like, it was so bad. Like mm. for me, I don't know. I couldn't breathe. And so I, at that moment, I thought, okay, I'm grateful for this opportunity because it, it made me realize how much I hate it. You know, so I was like, okay, I've got to go back and I actually need to make it work now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You had that hunger there too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Very powerful. Yeah. What about you, Carlos? What's the favorite failure? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, my favorite failure, uh, I lost about $50,000, uh, borrowed a whole bunch of money from my parents and the banks uh, to launch this, you know, billion dollar unicorn idea startup idea that I thought was going to make billions and billions of dollars it was a it was a mobile app that was going to do tax returns from your from your mobile phone from your like iPhone so you know I spent you know months and months building this app out you know focusing on all this you know BS Right. No, I don't know if I should swear on the podcast. No, it's all right. We already had to go yeah, all this, uh, all this, yeah. all this It's bullshit. explicit on iTunes. It's all right. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I was focusing on all the, all the bullshit. Uh, design of the app, the UE or the IE or whatever you call it. Um, you know, what screen goes to the next screen, the color, this color, that color. And, you know, I spent months and months trying to design this beautiful thing that I was going to take into the market. Um, and then, you know, as soon as I was going to launch it into the market... I was going to be a billionaire overnight. That's, I mean, my ego drove mm. me to the to the point where I thought, okay, I've built something incredible. Um, I didn't, I hadn't tested it at all. I took it to the market, and I think I sold one tax return, mm. one tax return, right? And then um, a fifty thousand dollars tax return, more plus interest. And just before you continue, yeah. how did that feel at the time? Just. Look, it wasn't as sudden as losing a million dollars overnight, mm. but... Um, but you invest a lot of time into this as well. Yeah, I invested a lot of time into it. I launched it on... I launched it late. Like, I was supposed to launch it on the 1st of July. I think I launched it on the 20th of July. Um, put it... You know, I got accepted on, on the Apple iTunes store, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up, and there's going to be a million downloads. Wake up, not a single download. I think my, my dad downloaded it or something. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, I got a download. Um, but then it was a sort of like this um, uh, long downturn of shit. What am I going to do? 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 Started losing, you know, you know, cash in the bank. Um, started losing my confidence, um, and that's how I got into solar because I was I had no money. I was desperate, man. I was like, what am I going to do? Um, and that's how I found that solar opportunity, and that's what showed me. Um, before you launch any idea, monetize it first. I mean, GC says right now. Um, you know, he makes it really clear from the moment you may have an idea, sell it. You know, we've got technology now where you can build a funnel on Facebook, you can build a landing page, you can mm. add a, you know, payment cart, you can sell something without actually having it, you know, ready made or, you know, printed or whatever. Um, if someone buys it, maybe you're onto something, sell it again, sell it again, then maybe you're actually onto something. So, I mean, yeah, that's my favorite failure, man. Just, mm. I learned not to not to invest or spend a whole lot of time on something if I haven't actually proven or monetized it yet. Yeah. And I think probably the powerful takeaway from this is no matter what your failure, there's always a lesson and that lesson can build you up for a future success. 
for the <laughs> for the YouTube. But yeah, just... work on your work. You know, <laughs> like at all times, basically. I mean, if you're going in for your first interview and you get rejected, if you're going in for your first appointment to make a sale and like you know you get rejected. Don't repeat, you know, I mean, like the same way, like, you know, just reflect on the whole situation. How could I have done things differently? Uh, you know, shortcut the learning by, I guess, you know, speaking to people that are older than you, that are, mm. you know, mentors, more, yeah, yeah. mentors, yeah, more yeah. experienced than you, people that have been to many more interviews and so forth. And pay money, like literally, like one of the things I learned pay for access. pay yeah. for access, pay to get the information because if you get it for free, you, you, you're probably not going to implement it. I didn't. So just you know, pay a lot of money to get in front of the right people to get the right information. Um, and it's lit- that's literally like a shortcut. Okay. You know? It's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I have heard that one before. I heard um, there was a guy, I think it was Brian Rose from London Real. He has his own little course. And initially it was free. And I've, I've actually tracked it back to find this out to make sure he actually wasn't bullshitting because he was selling it for like $3,000 now. And he basically said when it was free, only like, 10% of the people will finish it. Now, everybody finishes it. Everybody makes money by the end of it. Because that has a value on it now. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you've got Pay, that. You're paying for attention, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you're putting that actual investment into it as well, mm, I suppose, yeah. which is the other thing. But I suppose, do you guys have any closing remarks to this? Um, actually, before we go to closing remarks, there was one more thing I wanted to touch on briefly. I, I don't know who wants to tackle this. Maybe both of you. Rejection. All right. In the world of sales, you have to deal with rejection all the time. How do you how do you deal with rejection? Look, I mean, basically, that's self reflection, working on your work. You know, mm. so if I'm not growing, I'm shrinking. Mm. Okay, so I mean, a rejection is an opportunity for me to actually uh, write down. Okay, well, let's look at this objectively. What could I have done differently? How am I going to implement the new thing that I've just thought about? Write down the script. Start rehearsing it. Go out there. Implement it. How did people actually respond? working Mm. on your work Mm. I mean exactly what Chad said I never see anything as a rejection all you know if I ask you a question if I say you know do you want to go out with me and you say no all you're telling me is the way I asked you wasn't the way that you want to be asked so now I've got to get creative and hit you with all angles and ask you in another way that you're actually going to be uh, receptive to so and plus rejection is natural anyway I mean you know you're not going to get yes uh, 100% of the time yeah it's impossible and I suppose the reason why I ask this is just I think we're very much conditioned um, these days to fear rejection to a, to a sense I mean you know that you know if you were to come out of school and you got fired and you got you know you might see that as rejection you know for a lot of people they're like oh shit what now like I'm screwed yeah on that uh, I mean GC says fill your pipeline like I'll take it back to my sister shout out to my sister she felt rejected because she only had one interview. If she had 100 interviews, she would have seen that like, cool, move on to the next one. In sales, you feel rejected because you've only got one sale or one appointment or one lead. If you have a 1,000 leads, man, you just move on to the next one. You probably don't even feel it. Mm. Yeah? And then I suppose as well, it's sort of also having that mindset of just being able to, you know, if there is that rejection, just be able to like brush the dust off your feet and just, you know, let's go to the next one. Yeah. And get goals so big, it makes your problems look tiny in comparison, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, on the closing remarks, which you said earlier, mm. unless I'm closing it prematurely. No, you know? no, that's all right. Um, let's, let's, let's end this, boys. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, look, late. <laughs> basically, follow us, okay? If you want 
basically more 10x, but more importantly, if you believe you've got 10x as well and you basically want to unleash the beast within, join our team. You know, join Solerit.co. All right, follow Chad Corp, follow Carlos Villanueva.jo on Instagram, follow. Uh, yeah, follow me. Well, I'm your host. You should already be following me if you're not. <laughs> follow this yeah. guy's podcast, man. I'm running underscore from some value. Look, on the video, I'll get your Instagram tags underneath here. I'll put that at the start as well so everybody's got that there. And yeah, look, I hope everybody's enjoyed this episode. I think this was jam-packed. I think we really were able to get a lot out of it. Um, and I hope as well, you people, when they're listening, they're able to kind of see how a lot of these sales things could apply to their life. Because, I mean, as you, I believe your boy's mindset is sales is everything. everything 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 yeah so there you go sales i hope you've enjoyed today's episode if you have do not forget to give this a rating and a review if you're watching on youtube go down below hit like hit subscribe hit the bell you know what to do all right let's wrap this up we out of here I might just join in just quickly. I I haven't read 10x yet, but we'll just join in for the fun of it. Thanks, brother. Thank you, boys. Awesome, brother. Awesome. All right, sick.